Welcome to the Pitt Rivers Museum. My name is Andy McClellan. I'm Head of Education here and I work with all sorts of groups coming in and out of the museum um, from small children and families through to schools and university students and all sorts. And I'm here with my colleague Kate White who I think is going to explain what she does. Hello, yes, I'm Kate White. I'm Head of Access and Public Relations. So I suppose it falls to me to think about the visitors who come to museum, not necessarily in book groups at all, but, but making sure that they have a good time when they're here and that it's safe and pleasant for them. But also, what do they make of the museum? To try and understand what it means to people today and therefore to, to enhance that and to help people get even more out of their visit. And visitors today also mean virtual visitors and we think a lot about our, our website as well and what materials we can put on that. Okay, why don't you, um, why don't you tell us something um, just about the kind of background and history of this place. What is this place? Okay, we're standing in a, a fairly vast space, uh, three storeys high. The museum has two galleries. Uh, it actually uses uh, railway architecture, which, which came in at the end of the 1800s. Uh, pillars, cast iron pillars and wrought iron arch over the top to create a big empty central area with the galleries running around it. And on the ground floor of that area, we're standing in the middle of a maze of old cases. These are the original cases, more or less. A few new ones have been added, but all the old ones are still here. Uh, you can wander in and out of them at will. Um, you choose your own path and you can feel quite lost. And also surrounded by reflections. Sometimes you're seeing through the cases, sometimes you're seeing yourself reflected back. And this does lend a very particular atmosphere to the museum, coupled with the lower levels of lighting, which are there to protect the uh, collections, the organic materials, um, and also the little tiny labels that were the original labels attached to all the objects, and which are still in place. Uh, we did, at one period in the history, start to, to take these labels away, but now they're recognised as every bit as much part of the collections as the objects themselves. Not least because what's written on them is, is very much a, a sign of the times and, and, and the way people thought and felt about the world at the time they were written. What is this museum? When did it, when did it all start? When did it come here? It started in the 1880s when General Pitt Rivers gave the large part of his collection of anthropological material to the University of Oxford. Um, in, as long as they built this special building to house it. It opened to the public in the 1890s, one floor at a time, so by the beginning of the 1900s it was all open to the public, we think, though possibly that varied from time to time, but we do know that school children were coming in from a very early stage. Yeah, I think in 1911, 150 school children visited. I was looking at one of the old annual reports. Um, actually, someone else was looking at one of the old annual reports and sent it to me. Um, 150 children in 1911. Um, in 2009, we're expecting something like 25 to 30,000 coming in as part of booked group visits. That's not even thinking about people who come in on independent visits. Um, you know more about this than me, but uh, expecting something like 250,000 visitors this year. I think probably even more than that, and the visitor numbers have gone up terrifically since we reopened this year after 
changing the entrance to the museum, which had become more and more important as the volume of visitors increased. And we became increasingly worried about people falling downstairs, uh, tripping, tripping upstairs. Uh, now we have a very comfortable new entrance with an information point where you can pick up um, guides to the, the displays. Um, and so now I think we receive many more of the visitors who used to come to the University Museum and never even find the Pitt Rivers. It used to be known as Oxford's best kept secret, but I don't think we could call it that today. Actually, it's worth, it's worth saying something about the Oxford University Museum, isn't it? Because you have to walk in to this wonderful natural history museum to get in here, which is, in the daytime, just full of light because it's got this um, glass ceiling, amazing Victorian Gothic, uh, building, uh, every pillar carved showing a different botanical species, iguanodons, T-rexes, dinosaurs everywhere, skeletons, amazing floors, this huge space. And then you walk into the Pitt Rivers Museum and actually um, people can do this without visiting the museum because we have, a, we have quite an interesting virtual tour on our website. But you walk in and the difference as you come into this space is astounding. And I think that's exactly what you were saying really, isn't it? It's about the, the feeling people, that kind of love of this place that people have, why they come in here, that you're suddenly plunged into this semi-darkness, old cases, and it's just a, it's another world. And the cases are so full. I think the thing that impresses people more than anything else about Pitt Rivers is just how full the cases are. Most museums now you'll get a few rather selected pieces on display and well lit and you can see it all around them. In the Pitt Rivers they're just cheek by jowl, jostling with one another. And you have to say that there's something extra special about that, that the museum is, is more than the sum of its parts, that putting all those objects together, true it does mean that you can't necessarily see all of the objects. Some people do say we should be a bit more selective, I have to say. But actually, all those objects together really gives you a tremendous amount of insight into really, I think, what, what it is to be a human being. Uh, it speaks of cultural diversity, but beneath that, it also speaks of our common humanity, that in these objects, all together, you can see human creativity and the time that people put into things raveled up in these objects. Um, and you can't leave this museum without feeling, I think, tremendously uplifted. And you've only got to read through the comments books that, where, where people leave, leave their messages for us, which I thankfully have to look at once a year and try and make sense of to read some of the most heartwarming and, and, and congratulatory messages on simply the fact that this collection has been looked after and brought together here. It does create strong emotions, doesn't it? It certainly when, does. When we don't always get positive comments in the comments book, but whatever they are is a heartfelt um, reaction to this museum. Um, there was a wonderful one from uh, some school children I was working with last week who um, described the museum as being like a film. And if it's a film, it's a must-see five stars and I thought that uh, for me that kind of it's it's it was something about this, this museum is a museum of stories it's about people none of these objects have any value if you don't think about the people who made them and the people who used them and every single one of these objects tells us about someone somewhere in the world at all sorts of different times and the things that are important to them we can't always 
we can't always work out what exactly what that story is, but we begin to get this sense of just this just this huge numbers of stories going on. I think that's I think that's partly what creates this emotional feeling. And then some people have a negative effect because they go, if you did it better, then I'd get more of those stories. And some people say, you must never change it because then you'll lose those stories and we're kind of lost somewhere in between, aren't we? Make the lighting better, never change the lighting. Yes. I th quite often it, it is quite contradictory that the, 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 the lighting does make it very difficult to, to read and to see in the, in the corners. But if, if it had the kind of bright lighting you might expect, the atmosphere would change and that is the thing that people take away with.